0: Today we have a living encounter with a living Lord Jesus Christ who instructs us to pay attention. Anytime our Lord, our King, our God tells us to pay attention, we ought to pay attention, right? And he goes on to state that God will secure the rights of his chosen ones That's all of you. The ones who call out to him night and day. That means that we're praying always. Always. But then the Lord goes on at the conclusion of the proclamation of today's gospel. And he says something that should move all of our hearts. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Let's pray that when Jesus returns, he'll find faith on earth. But then we ought to realize that Jesus comes to us every day and he's looking for faith. Will he find it? Hopefully, he'll find it in us. Let's make that resolution. Let's pray that other people have faith. There are a couple of things in life that you cannot give to someone else. You can only help them receive these great gifts. Two of those things would be faith and friendship. I could have the best friend in the world, and I do, Jesus Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Saints, my guardian angels, I got lots of friends. But if I want somebody to have my friendship with my friend, I can't give them my friendship. I can only introduce them to my friend. This is one of those things in life that I can't give to somebody else. I would like to give you my friendship with Jesus. I would like to give you my friendship with Mary. Let's I'd like to give you my friendship with the Father. I'd like to give you my friendship with the Holy Spirit. All I can do is introduce you and witness to what a great friend I have. So let's be real about that. We, we, we're to introduce people, but we need to deepen our friendship, our own friendship with God. And that's the beauty of prayer. Prayer is really about deepening your friendship with God. That God would allow us to be his friend? I mean, I have nothing that I can inform God about. It's not like he's my friend because I'm informing him about things he doesn't know. It's not because I have a personality that charms him and delights him and makes him laugh, although he might laugh at some of the things I do. It's just a pure gift, this friendship. But that's the treasure, friendship with God, intimacy with God, union with God, whatever word you want to use. You know, I find that women like the word intimacy and men like the word friendship. Okay, so I teach it different ways. But actually, my meditation book is called Divine Intimacy. I've used it now, I think about seven years, and I'm going for Divine Intimacy, So, uh, you know, you grow and you develop. But friendship, intimacy, communion with God, it's real. The other thing that you can't give to somebody, you can only help them with, is faith. I would like to give you my faith, but I can't give you the faith I have. I can't take a syringe and withdraw some of my blood and then shoot into you my faith. Right? Can't do it. I wish that I could have that faith of all these great saints. You know, I wish there was a, you know, a a shot of like the, the faith of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I could just, you know, put that faith right in me. Oh, I'd be the happiest man on earth. But that's not how it works, right? Right? But I can have people introduce me to faith and help me deepen my faith. In fact, we need each other to have our faith and our friendship grow. That's what we see in the first reading in a certain way. You see that the chosen people, remember we talked about the chosen ones in the gospel, the chosen people were the Israelites, were the new Israel. Anytime you hear Israel, you think of the new Israel, the Catholic Church, right? They were to go to battle. Thank God they obeyed God. Moses obeyed God. He did what he asked him. Moses was known as a friend of God. He was known as the meekest man on earth at the time. He was trustworthy. He did what God asked him, but he went to the top of the mountain where during the battle he was supposed to hold his arms up. And while his arms were up, in a sense, in a position of prayer, the chosen people were winning the battle. But we're also shown that we're all limited and weak. And so Moses' arms would get tired and they'd start to fall and they'd start to lose the battle. What was the answer? Well, there were friends that he had on each side of him to help him hold up his arms. We need people to help us in our journey to hold us up. That's the beauty of the Catholic Church, that's the beauty especially of religious communities. When you do give good example to each other, but realize your bad example also hurts the community, makes their arms kind of fall and we lose the battle. But we encourage each other. We need each other. We need to pray always. We need that encouragement. When I when I come here and I, I see the Knights of the Most Holy Eucharist with adoration and and prayer and love of the liturgy, it really encourages me. It strengthens me when I see all of you who attended this conference and you're here for three conferences a day, listening to the same voice, Hour after hour after hour? I mean, really? That's, that's admirable. Going into silence. Some of you may have never had a silent retreat before. Going into silence. But we support each other. We see everybody else doing it, and so we, we follow, you know? We need each other. We're connected. We're one body. But let's remember that friendship with God and faith, they go together. And we need each other to support each other in the continual growth of that friendship and faith. And that friendship and faith grow through prayer and love. I I want to share with you a life-changing teaching for for me from St. Mother Teresa Calcutta. She has a famous quote. Okay, she has this little business card. She'd smile. Here's my business card. You know, Mother Teresa, business card, right? On the one side is the quote The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. The fruit of service is peace. Then it says, God bless Mother Teresa. Okay, And by the way, when Mother would be signing things, people would ask Mother, what are you doing? And she was praying and loving always. So when she was signing her name, they'd ask her what she was doing. She'd say, I'm doing 20 acts of love. And if you count Mother Teresa MC, there's 20 letters. Everything was done with love. Don't waste a moment. On the other side of her business card is a great prayer, beautiful prayer that all the missionaries of charity know. Mary, mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. I love that prayer. Mary, mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. And she has such great faith. There's the, the account of this couple that came to her, and they, they, they weren't conceiving a child, and they wanted a child so much and they came to mother, 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 we need a child. We, we want a child. We want to love a child. And mother said, Mary, mother of Jesus, be a mother to them now and give them a child. <laughs> and they had a child. You know, the great saints, you hear of all these accounts of their great faith in God. You know, the things that St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, Mother Cabrini accomplished with such great faith. You know, the St. Francis, I mean, so many saints, just this, this faith that... that That's real, that we need to imitate. Faith, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, is the beginning of eternal life. Eternal life begins now with faith. The beginning. And in St. John's Gospel, chapter 17, we hear that eternal life is this. To know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That's a definition of eternal life. To know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. There's your prayer. Prayer is that knowledge. And then you'll have faith. That's the beginning of eternal life. And Jesus came to bring life, eternal, abundant life, eternal life. We have to trust in the word of God. How do we strengthen our faith? Well, through prayer. And by meditating on the word of God in prayer, believing in this word. For example, when Jesus says, I've come to bring life, abundant life, eternal life, if you really want those things, which I believe every human being does, we believe in God's promises, what he's come to do. But he's the way, the truth, the life. And so there's no other way to the life. Thank God he showed us this life. So we believe in his promises. And we believe that we can actually know God as he knows himself. And that comes through prayer. But based on Mother Teresa's teaching, that quote, I really reflected on how it really starts with silence. And in their constitutions... They have five silences, and I give many retreats on this now, especially Advent and Lent. The five silences are the silence of the eyes, the silence of the ears, the silence of the mouth, the silence of the mind, and the silence of the heart. Now, I could go on for hours about this, but the point is, I had to reflect on when I was giving a teaching to them, what does the silence of the eyes mean? Do my eyes talk? If I'm looking at things that cause noise within me, I have to not look at them. Because if I have too much noise within me, I can't hear God. I have to make a choice. Do I want to hear that noise? Or do I want to hear God? The words that describe the Blessed Virgin Mary, some of them are to listen, to ponder, and to treasure. The word of God. Silence. The woman of silence. There's a book about Mary called The Woman Wrapped in Silence. The things you're listening to, are they causing noise in your life that you don't need? The things you're speaking about, are they... Are they helping or are they creating more noise? The things you're thinking about, are they creating more noise? Some people, I see them so addicted to politics. I mean, they have so much noise in them, they can't hear God. And, you know, I, it's important that we have, you know, pro-life people in government and on the Supreme Court. Amen. That's super important. But you can get the point in a few minutes and know how you need to proceed. Now get back to the word of God to have the courage to do what you need to do. But to listen to it endlessly, certain things, even good things, can create noise in you that you don't need. I'll make a confession in front of all of you. I really thought I was finally detached from Michigan football. But yesterday evening they played Penn State. And, you know, in between preparing the teaching and the homily, I kind of looked at the score. Not kind of, I looked at the score. (laughs) And they lost by a touchdown. And it caused noise in me. It took me a while to calm back down, to get back to what I need to get to. Thank God Our Lady loves me enough to get me back. You know, my son, this is what you need to get to, you know. The Wolverines lost. But the people of God need to win. So let's get to it. (laughs) But even something as simple as that. I'm not asking you to join monasteries and cloisters. You know, if you're a Nebraska Huskers fan, God love you. I like the Huskers, I do. I like Big Ten, don't get me wrong. But is it life and death? No. I want... Life, abundant life, eternal life. And so, you know, we need to know what creates the noise in us. For some people, paying attention to sports doesn't create the noise. For some people, paying attention to a certain amount of politics doesn't create noise. You know what you know. You know those things that create noise. And you got to make a choice. Do you just want to have all this noise in you, or do you want to hear God? Honestly. Silence. So then you'll have the silence of the heart to hear God, and that's really where deep prayer takes place, in the silence of the heart, when you're heart-to-heart with God. And Mary is really an example for for us in prayer and faith. So the fruit of silence is prayer, that deep prayer, and then the fruit of prayer is going to reveal to you the meaning of your life and your purpose in life. And you're praying on the word of God, which you heard in the second reading, which is good for teaching, refutation, correction, and the training in righteousness. And we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to belong to God and be competent and equipped for every good work. That's what prayer helps us do. Right? It's that important. And so, silence, prayer, meditation on the word, and then faith. Faith that God is present, God cares, God loves us, God's our Father, God's got a plan. I can trust His Word. Praying the Scriptures by praying the Rosary, and then I can grow in my relationship and my faith. I grow in my faith. And I learned to live a life that's theocentric, not egocentric. That's one of the main choices to make. Am I God-centered or am I self-centered? It's either or. Just like, do I want noise or do I want to hear God? Do I want to center my life in God or do I want to have my life centered in me? We have free will. Now, I'm sharing this with you because I love you. Okay? Sometimes I preach this, you know, just to, I don't even know what church I go into because I travel all the time and, and I walk into all kinds of different situations. It's pretty interesting sometimes when I'll, when I'll talk about the, the need for silence, for example, in prayer and faith, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll mention along the way, you know, if you're watching, you know, like three hours of news and, uh, you know, it's creating a lot of noise and, you know, it, And and I don't know what they heard. I know what they heard, but but I know what I'm saying. And they'll come out and go, it's not right that you're sharing your political positions, Father. I talked about being silent. (laughs) I belong to the kingdom of God. I'm proclaiming what Jesus Christ proclaims. That's what I'm concerned about. But for you, the faithful as well, we need each other to even go to a higher level. Silence, prayer, faith, because then the faith is going to lead to love and the love is going to support your silence, your prayer, your faith. And love is ultimately what carries the day and transforms everything. And then it's going to lead to service and that's going to bring peace so to conclude what I really there's so many things I could share with you but what I want to share with you is that bottom line is what it's all about is we're taught by this widow to have confidence in God and be persistent in prayer confidence in God and be persistent in prayer and ultimately it's about a right relationship with God a right relationship with God what does a right relationship with God include putting it all in. Give God all, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. A right relationship with God includes relying on God, not on our own strength, not even Moses. And Moses was one strong guy. Remember when he was going across the desert and he came to the well and and uh, he, had to, he moved that big stone to water the sheep. Remember when he was running away from Pharaoh? I mean, Moses, he, he, he walked up Mount Sinai a couple times, and he stays up there 40 days. I've been up Mount Sinai. It's, it's quite the climb. In fact, we had to ride camels three-quarters of the way up and then walk the last 700-something steps. Wow. Moses was strong, but his arms started getting weak. We can't rely on ourselves, rely on God. A right relationship with God includes being grateful, grateful for your blessings. Being grateful for the Catholic Church, being grateful for the forgiveness of sins, grateful for the Eucharist. A right relationship with God includes selfless service. A right relationship with God includes always being ready for God. A right relationship with God is persistence in prayer. But I do want to make a point about that. When we pray, our prayer is not to persuade God. We're not persuading him. He's the immutable one. He's the God. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. We don't persuade him. Give me what I want. The key is that he's going to transform our hearts to receive what he wants to give. And what he wants to give is the best. He gives himself. He gives his friendship. He gives intimacy. He gives union. He gives us himself in the Eucharist. He gives us the Blessed Virgin Mary. He gives us each other to support each other. Every good thing comes from God. So the more we pray persistently, the more we'll be attuned to God's will and accept and trust that he'll answer our prayers according to his will. And so, the question Jesus asks really is when he comes, will he find faith in your heart? Because that's what he's looking for faith in your heart. And then, if you have faith in your heart, then you'll help other people have faith in their heart. May you carry out this important mission by living a life of making right choices and living in a right relationship with God, choosing to hear God, to listen, ponder, treasure, to learn from Mary how to do that, to learn how to stay in prayer always, how to live a real life of faith, a wonderful life, how to really love and how to really serve and how to really be a peacemaker so that then you're truly a child of God. God bless you all.